0: Welcome to Origin Gates daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney sharing a thought with you for today. Last week I spoke about discernment and asking God for that discernment. I spoke about how we can water down the gospel um, to accept it so that it tickles the ears. And I mentioned different ways that you can spoil the gospel. One was by substitution, and that is where a substitute is offered in place of Jesus Christ. The gospel is totally spoiled then. You may spoil the gospel by addition. You only have to add to Christ and the mischief is done. The gospel ceases to be a pure gospel. You may spoil the gospel by interposition. You only have to push something between Christ and the eye of the soul to draw away the sinner's attention from the Savior. The mischief is done. And the next way that you may spoil the gospel is by disproportion. You only have to attach an exaggerated importance to the lesser things of Christianity and a diminished importance to the first things, and the mischief is done. So these were some of the things that I spoke from, and they came from a 19th century pastor and author called J.C. Ryle, and um, this was quite an eye-opener for me. I ended my last podcast by recalling what Paul said to Timothy in one of his letters. In 1 Timothy 6.20, he says, Oh, Timothy... God the deposit entrusted to you. Again, in 2 Timothy one fourteen, he reiterates, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, God the good deposit entrusted to you. What is that deposit? Well, the Holy Spirit leads us in all things that are truth. He is the Spirit of truth. We have the Word, which is our gold standard of truth. And that is what we need to measure everything that we think has been given to us as revelation against the truth. The Holy spirit within us teaches us how to guard through discernment and it's a skill. And I say it's a skill because it can be learned. We're not just born with this amazing discernment, but it's a skill that doesn't tend to make us popular because it's going to require us to make clear distinctions between what is good and what is evil. Now if you think about what all is happening in the earth today this is exactly where we are. We are calling things our leaders are actually putting it out there and they are forerunners in this area and I'm not talking about our Christian leaders I'm talking about our governmental leaders. They are pushing an agenda which is so blatantly against the word of God and it's so it's so concerning for me to hear Christians People in the body of Christ, leaders in this area, totally agreeing with this. They are blatantly calling evil good and good evil. You know, and sometimes when a Christian does stand up and they do say something or they voice their opinion, bringing the plumb line in... I am amazed. You just look at any Facebook post where somebody posts something that is in line with the word of God, and it addresses something that is out of alignment that the world is calling okay. And you will find the majority of Christians jump on board and saying, this is this is ridiculous. I thought you were a Christian. Where's your love? You're supposed to lead by your love. Yes, we love, but we don't have to accept that which is blatantly against the word of God. We see this all over the place. In New Zealand, where I come from, they already, or they wanted to, they didn't get away with it, but I don't think it's fallen off the agenda. They wanted to label the Bible as hate speech because it addresses sin. And so, yeah, we see this, the the voice of the Christian and the upright and the righteous is becoming muzzled. We're becoming voiceless and invisible. And you know what? It is actually our own fault. Because over time, as I said, as the world is, has welcomed in perversity with open arms, we've kept our mouths shut in the name of love. We have been ashamed to acknowledge Jesus in front of man. We haven't taken up our crosses and followed him on the narrow path. You know what? Christians don't like the narrow path. They don't like things where we are um, actually called to to drop the things that uh, that God disapproves of because it tickles our fancy. We like what we like and we like our sin and that's just the bottom that's just the bottom line of it. And so the narrow path means it's not a very popular path. It says that broad is the way and many find that one that leads to destruction. We have gone with the masses that travel that broad road, which leads to destruction. You know, when when all of this stuff started coming out in the beginning, I think at even at this point, some of us have become so desensitized to some of these um glaring um oppositions to the word of God. And I wanted to pray. I was I was, I was, was thinking, God, you know, maybe I need to get up into my mountain. And I begin to pray so that your children can wake up and stand on the walls of our nation so that, you know, when all the stuff starts to come in through the gates of our nations, the Christians are there standing on the walls and, you know, in their position, seeing what's coming and, you know, and bringing this before you in intercession. But after considering this tactic, I feel it would have been an unwise prayer for me to pray. Why? I heard you ask that question. Well, again, it's because Christians are so divided on what is right and what is wrong because our measuring stick, the plumb line against which we are supposed to measure truth, is completely missing. If these Christians stood on the walls, what would they be praying You know, and the word talks about a house divided against itself will fall. Are we even in unity when we pray and is our prayers according to the word and the will of God? We want an easy way out of everything. We want the path of least resistance. In fact, this is human nature to just want an easy, cushy life. But unfortunately, this is not the path marked out for those who will follow Christ. The words of Jesus in Matthew ten, thirty-four to thirty-seven, warn about the consequences of those who are going to follow him. You know, we've heard this is the most erroneous message that's ever gone out there come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. No, they're only going to start then, okay? Because now you you definitely have a target on your back in the realm of the Spirit. But there's more to it. I mean, this is what it says in Matthew 10. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Wow. I mean, that's, that's quite strong. So with discernment, division is going to come. Why? Because truth is not popular. A person who seeks to be discerning must be willing to suffer the effects of this division. It's not only going to divide believer from unbeliever, but it's even going to divide a discerning believer from one who is undiscerning. It's going to, it will separate the mature from the immature and the naive from the prudent. I mean, I mentioned it already. What happens when someone posts something on Facebook, right? They get shot down who? Not by the world, by other believers, okay? Who call them unloving and religious because they're making a stand according to scriptures. And one of the examples that you know we've recently um, been dealing with in our own media in New Zealand, Australia, is there's a rugby player in Australia. Um, his name is Israel Folau, and right now he's in Australia. He was he was facing this hate speech thing. Somebody he didn't even provoke it. Somebody wrote on his wall and said, "What do you think about?" whatever issue it was, he brought the word in straight away and said, well, this is what the Bible says. And so therefore I must agree with the Bible. And he came under such attack, wanted to be disqualified from rugby and all sorts of things because he was speaking hate speech and he was merely presenting and somebody asked him again, what his opinion was. And that opened him up for a whole lot of trouble. This is what waits for us. If we choose the path of truth, but we have to have our discernment and our ourselves, our belief systems, our thoughts aligned with heaven, aligned with the word. Now, in last my last podcast, I was speaking about messages that are out there that are so contrary to the word. And as I listen to some of these messages and they are recorded, so there is no um, distorting the facts of what is being said, And I see some of the believers that we know and associate with going, this is awesome. And it is so contrary to the word. One of them being, we no longer need the Bible because the Bible was written for a different Um, nation a different culture in a different period of time and therefore we no longer need the word another one was we are the word so why do we need the word is that is that really true that's the biggest lie i mean jesus is the word and i'll bring this to your attention in just a few minutes but he is the word so are you inadvertently saying that we no longer need yeshua we no longer need jesus because we are the word and if we are the word how can we accept all of the stuff that is being called evil, good, and good, evil, you know, if we were in fact the word of God, there's, there's something that doesn't marry up here. But there are several forces that work against us as we attempt to be men and women of discernment. One of those forces are internal, stemming from our own sinful human natures. And the second one are the spiritual forces in the spirit realm that seek to promote deception. And let's ex- just examine a little bit of these challenges to understand why Christians today do not place greater emphasis on the practice of discernment. So firstly, as we pursue discernment, okay, as we pursue the truth, that means some things in us are going to have to change where we don't align with that truth. Our sinful natures will fight against us. Um, And we're soon going to discover a part of ourselves that doesn't want to make a clear distinction between what is good and evil, what is right and true. And so the first enemy we must overcome in our discipline of discernment is ourselves. We even see this with Paul. Now, remember, Paul was a teacher of the law. He has that amazing transformation. He has this encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, But even this man who knows so much and who lives a different life says, I do that which I do not want to do, and I do not do that which I should. Why? Because of that internal battle, fighting against that truth. But thankfully, we are given the Holy Spirit who now dwells within us. And the Spirit's task is to renew our hearts continually so that we can be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. The second uh, challenge that we face is um, spiritual forces. Satan, the Satan, okay, seeks to lead us astray, to deceive us. By offering us a counterfeit version of the truth. Remember we spoke about um, deception is not a blatant lie. It's not always glaringly obvious. There's a lot of truth with a little bit of a lie. And that little bit of a lie is a thing that can totally lead us astray. He offers something that resembles the truth, but it's actually error. We even see this in Genesis, you know, where God gives that instruction. You may eat of any fruit of the trees in the garden except one. What does Satan come to say to the woman? He questions God. Did God did God really say that? And these are the words that he continues to use today. Did he really say that? Does he really mean that you don't, um, you know, that, that sin is sin and that it's that bad and that you should stay away from it and that you should lead a holy life? Did he really say that? Did he mean that? When you hear some of the messages like, oh, we don't need to uh, repent any longer because there's no such thing as sin. I would say, my gosh, he's definitely hoodwinked a lot of us. And here's an example of Satan's subtle works of counterfeiting and undermining the truth. The book of John begins this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here from John 1 verse 1, we learn that Jesus is eternal. He existed in the beginning. Before God created anything, Jesus was already there. We learn about Jesus' divinity, for he was with God and he really was God. These verses are critical to the Christian understanding of the Trinity and the person of Jesus. But now let's just take a look how um another religion let's take jehovah witnesses in their new world translation taking that same scripture and i want you to notice the subtle difference it starts off the same in the beginning was the word and the word was with god still the same and the word was a god did you see that subtle a that that changing of that one verse So now we see that Jesus existed in the beginning, that Jesus was with God, but look at that word A and how it's totally distorted it, that Jesus was a God. And right here, through the insertion of a single word, a single letter, it makes all the difference to this doctrine. We have now moved from truth to deception. The Bible of the Jehovah Witnesses denies the critical doctrine, teaching instead that Jesus was merely one of many gods created by the Father. It's the difference between salvation and damnation, but you see how easy it is just to change one thing and set you on a whole different belief system. Another example of men making doctrines out of context taking doctrines out of context and not discerning the meanings one corinthians fifteen twenty nine If there is no resurrection. What do these people think they're doing when they're baptized for the dead? If the dead aren't raised, why be baptized for them? Again, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 29. But there are people that baptize people on behalf of the dead. The Mormons, for instance, have built a doctrine on this verse. So when we don't know biblical principles, we are left with contradictory beliefs that bear little resemblance to biblical Christianity. As theology falls out of favor with the church, the pursuit of discernment is ever more difficult and unpopular. Many Christians, whether through their own ignorance or as a result of being poorly trained, downplay the holiness of God. When believers don't understand God's holiness, which is revealed multiple times throughout scripture, then they cannot understand His hatred of all that is sinful. That's why it's okay if we don't repent because there's no such thing as sin. Because we've downplayed that holiness of God. God's holiness actually lies at the very heart of the need for discernment. The word says, be holy as I am holy. If we understand this, then surely our discernment should kick in when we hear teaching saying, do what you want, grace covers it all. This particular teaching sounds very similar to another motto, and it's actually used by the satanic church of Alistair Crowley. Their motto is, do what thou wilt. As Christians, that seems to be a motto that we have adopted ourselves. Whatever makes me feel good, I'm going to do it, whether or not, you know, because there's no such thing as sin anymore, and there's no hell anymore, there's no consequences anymore, I'll do what I want. Well, how different are we then from that satanic church of Alistair Crowley? Our passion for God's holiness and our desire to please him will motivate our practice of discernment. The greater our understanding of God's holiness, the greater will be our understanding of the importance of discerning truth from error. We will desire to cast off all that is wrong so that we can please God. And this is what I pray is in our hearts, first and foremost, is to please him. We're here to do his will on earth as it is in heaven. What is that will? We have to be aligned with him. We have to ask him, teach us your ways, Father. Show us the way to your holy hill, to your mountain, so that we can be those conduits for you to pour out your blessing in the earth. But we have to be aligned with heaven or we're going to miss it completely. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have an awesome week.